Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps, a podcast for you, the players, supporters and the hard-working volunteers that make a glorious game from the lowest to the highest levels in the UK and beyond. We at Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps have now teamed up with Derbyshire County Cricket Club to promote cricket at all levels across the county and wider regions. I'm Rick, I'm here with Ian, Richard and Neil as we take you on a journey around our home here at Winslow Cricket Club in Burn-on-Trent. On this podcast, we'll keep you updated on all the goings-on here at Whitsell Cricket Club, and we will also be answering all your questions and inviting you, the listener, to send in all your stories from around the cricketing world. We will, of course, have a special guest coming with their view from Cow Corner with all their stories, ideals and anecdotes. So, let's get started and bring you up to date with the goings-on at Whitsell Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. Hi guys, we're uh, I'm back from India, uh, feeling refreshed and uh, at both ends of the spectrum, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, while I was away, uh, Livo did a flight. He flew solo, actually. He did a great episode with the the two uh, Dunstall goats. So just about to hear that in a second. So uh, over to you, Livo. Hello, son. How did the game go? It was okay, but I broke my bat. Can I get a new one? You've done what? Broke your bat? Oh, that's just great. How am I going to afford to get a new one now? I just haven't got that kind of money. Why don't you try Village Cricket? Village Village who? Village Cricket. They have a range of bats and they are a fraction of the price of other brands. Very good bats as well. Some from our club have got their bats. Very good quality and very good prices. And they don't just do bats. They do all the equipment you need, all for the same great price. Well, that sounds great. I'll have to have a look. Sounds just what I need. Thanks. The Village Cricket Company stock a wide range of cricket equipment for every age group, all without the usual high price tag. Visit them now on www.villagecricket.co and on checkout use promotion Stumps10 
for a further 10% discount. The 10% discount only applies to the product purchase and not the shipping charge, which is a standard £5 per order. VillageCricket.co aim to dispatch all orders within 24 hours, so you should receive your order within 2-3 to three working days. For more information, visit www.VillageCricket.co. This promotion expires 30th of September 2023. Visit VillageCricket.co for all your cricketing needs. VillageCricket.co Welcome to our latest venture into Cow Corner with me, Ian Livo. We're back on Zoom today, everyone, and unfortunately I'm having to fly solo today as my colleague... Uh, Richard Marshall's just arrived back from his scouting trip to the subcontinent. Let's just say he's not exactly feeling fresh right now and is tucked up in bed and we wish him our best, obviously. Uh, but what we're going to do today is we're going to bring you another one of our club cricket greatest of all time specials. So joining us today are a couple of players who not only have played the majority of their cricket in the top divisions of our leagues, but also get to play their home matches at the fabulously named Deer Park one of the most picturesque of all recreational clubs, which I'm sure they will both tell us about, from Dunstall Cricket Club. We have a batting goat with almost 15,000 runs. Welcome to Jamie Benstead. How are we, Jamie? Very well, thank you. You? Yeah, great to see you, mate. And a bowling goat with more than 630 wickets. Martin Cleverly, how are you doing, Martin? <laughs> Mr. few wickets. Oh, Ian, you're right. Yeah, Mr. few wickets off there. <laughs> Ooh, how, how many should I be talking about? <laughs> I think uh, I'm on around 920 first team wickets and, and Jamie's over 20,000 runs as well. <laughs> Hang on a minute, I'm going to have to check play cricket now then. Is it, have, have I just the wrong one play cricket then? No, no. no uh, what we, it go, is... we, go, we go back that far where pre-play cricket. Oh, we, no, 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 no. It's a bit like the Premier League, gents. We don't talk about... You've got to remember, Rich Mars is a Man United fan. So we never talked about pre-Premier League, so I insist on only talking about play cricket days. We'll get we'll get. Don't like to be robbed of any. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. I think Rich Rich Mars thinks he's got about fifty thousand runs somewhere down the line. So, <laughs> hey, great to see you both tonight. Let's get down to it then. We'll start with you, Jamie. Just tell us a bit about your background, mate, and how long you've been around at Dunstall and what got you involved, etc., in cricket. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I've been at Dunstall since I think nineteen ninety five, so um, around twenty seven years now, which has gone by in a flash when you when you look back. Um, as I say, to have that long playing top-level cricket at one of the best grounds you could ever hope to, to play out has been, you know, a real privilege. And thankfully, I've managed to stay fit and my eyes have managed to hold up until um, <laughs> until today when uh, I'll be 44 next season. So hopefully, they'll hold up for another year. Um, but in terms of my background at cricket, I can remember play, I was lucky to play at a primary school that, whose head teacher was a coach at Staffordshire Under-11s at the time, uh, which was St. Uh, Modwins in Burton. Mm -hmm. And... Um, not ever had the same opportunity as, as that. And, and thankfully, he took me along to a trial, I think, when I was nine years old. And I got involved in the county setup at nine, ten years old, um, mm -hmm. before Burton ever had any youth leagues at that age, I believe. Right, OK. Um, that came in a few years later, so I was very lucky there. And my dad mm -hmm. used to, uh, mum and dad used to trip me over to uh, Polesworth most Sunday mornings to play for North Warwick Cricket Club over okay, in the, yeah. Um, yeah, over in the junior Birmingham leagues over there, because that was oh, the well. nearest... The nearest opportunity for junior cricket so mm. but yeah a lot to do with school and discovering a love for it at that age and um yeah stuck with me ever since you, you were at school at st modwins then what, what took you down that road from burton to our friends at dunstall then well um actually i have my roots um of discovering cricket at winsor cricket club where my dad played there many years ago um, mm. and i can always remember playing on the tiny strip of land by the car park at the side there with carl eden and, and another um long time long serving player for Dunstall 
Um, and yeah, as, as kids, we just spend all afternoon playing along there while our dads play cricket. Um, eventually, my dad moved to play at Trentside for a few years, and I right. sort of learnt trade there until I was about 14, 15. And I was involved in the county setup, and um, there came a point where I needed to sort of try and play the slightly better standard on better pitches, and that's what took me to Dunstall. And Norman Scrimshaw actually was a coach at Staffordshire under 15, 17 yeah, around that yeah. time, and so it was, an, it was an easy easy move to make. So I have to ask the question: Did Winsor miss out there? What what stopped you? What stopped you from sticking with those lot of Winsor? Only only following my dad around, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I played a couple of Sunday games fielding somewhere out of the way where I couldn't get hurt when I was probably about eight, seven eight years old. But I can yeah. barely remember it. So yeah, Trentside was where I really started playing junior and and see, moving into senior cricket, but just because my dad was there, there was yeah. you know, Winsor was always. Had an affinity um, in my heart, I guess, and I love going back there. Big mates with Scott Chilman still, and um, played in the President's Day for his his late the father a couple of years ago. Kev, yeah. who was a legend, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it's a it's a ground I I look on fondly. Winsor and love going back there for a drink and catch up with Scott and others when I can. Great, Martin. What about yourself? How did you get started? How long is, how long have you been around Dunstall now? Well, I started off down at Barton originally. Uh, my dad was playing in the same team, playing in the first team down at Barton with Norman Scrimshaw. And from the age of about eight or nine, uh, Steve Scrimshaw and myself, we used to tag along and go to all the matches. Uh, we started playing junior cricket down there, uh, under 13s. But we got to sort of 14, 15 and, and we weren't getting looking. And, and that's yeah. when you know our fathers sort of moved to Dunstall uh, and Dunstall set up a second team so we mm-hmm. could get regular cricket really. Um, so yeah, Dunstall from the age of about fifteen, so nineteen eighty-five, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, played there for a couple of seasons, then I left for about ten years. I went to play in the Birmingham Leagues, uh, played for Warwickshire Colts, Missiles and Butlers, and and was fortunate enough to win the Birmingham League with uh, with Warsaw. Wow. Uh, that took me through to the mid twenties, uh, and, and then I thought I've done enough travelling now. I want to come back and play with my mates, and and yeah, came back and, and played with Dunstall from then really. Um, so yeah, again, wouldn't you wouldn't you sort of once I got back playing there, really, there was no other place I wanted to go and play cricket. Uh, it's just up the road. Uh, yeah. I haven't moved far. I've been a Barton lad pretty much through and through. Uh, so uh-huh. it's right on the doorstep. It's a familiar story, isn't it? Your parents take you along to wherever you, you start off. And we, we have, we've done no end of these interviews now where they've all gone full circle and back to where they started. Um, we, we've seen it ourselves across the league in the last year or two where so many senior players seem to have popped up back where they started, where they were juniors and maybe even taking five or ten years not from playing and all of a sudden they pop back up at club. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got one or two that are starting to, to come back and I think obviously you, you get some that drift back into the game as well when the kids start playing cricket. Um, I think when you've when you've been involved in a club, yeah, you might drift off for a while, but it's great to see those those faces come back and start playing again. Definitely, I suppose at Winsor, what we've got to think of is when JB's eyes start to go, we could drop you down to our twos, couldn't we, JB? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you'll have to run that one past the wire first then. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. okay. I, I, I was I was more worried about the conversation I'd be having with Mr. Mandelberg because I know exactly what he's saying to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. no, you're probably right there. So for those of the podcast followers who aren't aware of uh, you two and the legendary status that you've got in the game locally, the amount of runs and wickets that you've taken, tell us, Jamie, a bit more about your style of batting and who the influences have been over the years, both locally and professionally. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I've been an opening batsman for my whole career, uh, just about apart from the early years at Dunster when um, I was trying to break through. Uh, and we had a pretty established team. What we've always had at Dunstall is a, a great, I mean, we've had some terrific pros over the years, courtesy yeah. of some, um, you know, some generosity from our former president and whatever. But 
really we've always had a nucleus of good players who've sustained those top two levels of league cricket. So it took me a, a year or two to break in. I had a year with the Derbyshire Colts, actually, when they entered the team okay. back in Division One when I was about 16, 17. But then from then on, I've opened the bat in for the past uh, 25 years plus, really in the top two divisions, which has been fantastic. And I've been lucky enough to stay fit and been pretty consistent across those times. I wouldn't say I'm a dashing batsman in any way. If I'm more of a value my wiki and I don't give it away and I get my head down and I try to do the job to anchor an inning. So that's more my style, which was why um, one of the best batters I've played with, I think, is Paul Shaw, former Staffordshire player and left-hander. So the left-right-hand combination. And Paul used to cover drive harder than anyone I've ever seen. And he used mm-hmm. to do that regularly. And I used to stand at the other end and all my memory merry way just chipping around and um, accumulating while there was no scoreboard pressure at the other end because he was so good. So, so that you, was a, a time in my career, I guess. You'll have been through the changes in the league rules over the years from win-lose draw to win, you know, just win-lose cricket, etc. Um, and you just used that, that fascinating phrase, which is, we, we talk to juniors all day about, about valuing your wickets. Do you see that's not quite there as much these days? Yeah, I think I do. I probably sound old when I say that, but I think Martin agree with me. We have numerous conversations about this when we see kids coming through to the second team yeah. with a lot of ability, but no sort of almost, I don't know. I don't know if they watch a lot of TV nowadays and mm-hmm. um, they say it's 2020, it's all smash it. And, you know, you've done your job if you score 40 off 20 balls, but... You know, in league cricket, 50 over cricket, 300 balls is a hell of a long time. And if you have someone who bats 40 overs and scores a 90 or 100 for you, you know, more times than not, you're going to score 250 plus if you've got the right engine room in the middle order. And yeah. that's the sort of formula that we've employed quite successfully, I guess, over the years at Dunstan. Yeah, most definitely. And I think you know, I'm a big believer that those lower divisions, as low down as possible, should stay win, lose or draw. So to get people to value those wickets as much as possible. And then, yeah, we know when they, when we get to Division 3, to what it's going to be win, lose. Thank God it's still 50, 50 overs or 45 overs. We haven't gone down to T20 permanently. Yeah. Um, and and, and in, I think in my eyes as well now, you know, you, seeing my son who's 13 coming into league cricket, hopefully the next year or two, I remember being that age. And, and if you can, you know, if you're chasing 300 and you've got a young side, chances are you're not going to win the game. But but, you know, you could get a young kid who comes in and bats 20 overs, grabs it out, doesn't give it away, and you finish 150 for eight. You've not given the game up. Absolutely. And actually, they take a, they take a lot from that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I'd agree with you. I think the win-lose draw format in the lower leagues is a definite good one to keep. I'd agree as well. I mean, I, th- I remember it's only two or three years ago now, Reeve Ebbett. So Reeve's another one off the Dunstall production line. He's made his list day debut for Worcester. He has. He went out as a 14-year-old against Elveston Seconds and did exactly that. And, yeah. and he batted. And at the end of the game, the Elveston players, to be fair to them, they they all clapped him off and said, you know, fantastic to see him do that. Uh, they couldn't get him out as a 14-year-old. Now, OK, that one innings won't make the player, but I think you do learn something else about your batting, your technique, how to basically protect your wicket in those scenarios. And, and I worry that that is, is something that's going to be missing from the game and those youngsters aren't going to get that another way. I'm, I'm a big believer that anybody club who's got more than three teams they should have a, almost a development eleven at that level. They'll be bringing those juniors through at those lower divisions so that they can do that win-lose draw. They can battle for 122 for eight and get those you know, 11 points that they wouldn't have got otherwise. It, and it makes a big mental difference then to going forward through the game, doesn't it? Absolutely. I say Same with the bowling as well. I mean, again, being a spinner, winning a game when, when Jay and I have bowled sides out, when you've actually got to take 10 wickets to win a game, that's always always a much better feeling in the dressing room than, than posting a big token and just defending it. Putting men around the bat and, and trying to work out how to get players out, sometimes by a wicket. It, it, it's a different element of the game that I don't think kids are going to get these days. I think it's also sad that, you know, you hear comments nowadays from people who've drifted away from the game saying, oh, if it was T20, I'd, I'd probably play if it was just 2020, if it was a shorter game. And, that you know, that, that that's very sad, isn't it, that... 
you know, we've got a great 50-over format that's bred yeah. so many good players, yet we're, we're sort of saying, oh, to get people back in the game, we've got to shorten it and shorten it. And uh, for me, that can't be right. Most definitely. So, Martin, tell us about your influences and what people would want to know about you as a bowler. Well, I started off as just a just a medium pace seamer at the age of thirteen, and and, and it was in the Barton Juniors. Dawn Scrimshaw was running it. Um, Pete Broderick was there as well. Pete obviously was a, a fantastic left arm spinner, and and it was Pete one day who turned around to me and, and just says, "Look, try holding the ball like this and and bowling spin," and and it, it kind of took off from there really, and, and quickly developed into what was a promising off spinner. Uh, yeah, I remember my first sort of game out for Dunstall. I think the second game out, I was given the ball against Ian Coop, who in those days had got the likes of, of, of Keith Lovett playing for them, so Colin Elliott. So it was a bit of a baptism of fire going up against those guys as a 15-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah, I started off promising off-spinner. Uh, I think over the years then, the sort of Burton Males called me an evergreen uh, as I got progressively older. And I think now I'm just sort of a wily old campaigner. Uh, so, but I do, I do find it to be honest. It's, it's, it's one of those things. I think when you've been bowling for so long, yeah, the, the control just comes. It's automatic. Um, you know, again, it's, 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 it's not necessarily easier. But yeah, you, you've just about played every scenario there is in the game. So yeah. nothing new comes along and phases you. One of the really interesting things we pointed out on a recent episode, uh, we've got a, a, our own bowling goat, Neil Winfield, being a spinner, and he, he bowls at the opposite end to Kamal Sabani at, at Winsor. And even in the last two years where we know people are going for bigger runs and bigger runs all the time, if anyone can actually tie a batsman down, it's when those two come on together. And it's just, it's, it's quite beautiful to see that even in this day of 2020, you get two bloody good spinners on and they can really tie a team down. I think there's nothing better in our league still. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been fortunate. I mentioned Steve Broderick earlier. I bowled quite a lot with Steve. Latterly, I've bowled quite a lot with Jamie as well. And, and I love bowling with a spinner the other end. I think you can you can rattle through the overs, you can get through exactly. the game fairly quickly, and again you can you can quickly get yourselves on top. You can slow the game down, you can play the game at your pace. I just find it a lot easier with a spin at the other end as opposed to a seamer. The seamers are always moaning anyway that you bowl in the overs too quick. Um, but yeah, when you've got a spin at the other end, I, I, that's that's really enjoyable for me. I, I love bowling with a spin at the other end. I say we not rehearsed this, but it's nice and Mark to get to a mention of my bowling in as well. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we have bowled we've bowled together quite a lot over the years, Jay. To be fair, what about your influence? This is up for the professional game, Martin, when you were growing up. Uh, well, I was, I mean, I was quite fortunate, as I say, from sort of the age of 16, I was sort of being exposed to, to second class cricket and, and yeah. first class players. And I was around the Warwickshire Colts team and, and we used to train with, with the first team and the second team. So I had some very good coaches at, at Warwickshire, but also, yeah, we were, we were around the players all the time as well. Um, so again, you could not. You, have, you couldn't not be influenced really by being around those people. Um, and then I, I, got, I got a, an opportunity to play with, with Worcester for a, a year or two as well in their second team. And again, just being around those players, there's many influences really. Too many to mention, but, but yeah, it all brought something else to my game. Uh, lastly, I've got to say one of, the, one of the biggest influences, I think, has been Jimmy Adams. When Jimmy came to Dunstall, I, I'd captained Dunstall for, for quite a long time yeah. over the years. And, and, and talking to Jimmy a lot about cricket, about mm-hmm. captaincy, yeah, he made the game sound sounds ridiculously simple i mean he used to he used to go on about he used to say the same things to us in the dressing room as what he said to the west indies when it got yeah. curtly and, and caught me opening the bowling he always said to me as a spinner the best ball you can bowl to a spinner mark is the one where you try and turn it and it doesn't turn uh, and we've all done it um but yeah just spending time a lot of time around jimmy yeah taught me a lot about how to captain the team um which, which i've put to reasonable use i think in later years most but definitely. also just how to play the game of cricket. And I, I, I go on to our lads now as well. A lot of youngsters try and overcomplicate it. I, I, I tell them the same things that Jimmy told us. 
you know, we hear the commentators say it on television all the time. Seen bowlers, just bowl at the top of off stump. They let the ball do the work. Whereas everybody gets their own ideas about bowling a magic ball. The magic ball doesn't necessarily exist. Just bowl the ball top of off stump and you'll get your reward for it. And it's exactly the same with spin, really. Put the ball in the right area. You bowl the right length, you, you'll get your reward for it. But yeah, I learned a lot of Jimmy, um, even though it was reasonably late on in my career. Um, it probably enabled me to keep going for a few more years yet. Definitely. What about yourself, Jamie, when Jimmy was around? That must have been some influence for you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, what a guy, not only to have in the dressing room uh, and on the field, but a lovely guy off the field. He'd give you all the time in the world. And as Martin said, he, you know, he never thought of himself as a superstar. Um, yet other teams were in awe of him. But yeah. he, just because of his aura, really. And he, he was such a quiet guy. Mm-hmm. Went about his business. Um, nothing spectacular, but he'd, he'd, he'd never let you down. I mean, you knew when he was... He was at the crease, he battled in to watch it from the other end was fantastic. And I think he was probably late 30s by the time he joined us. We're still one of the best field I've ever seen, you yeah. know, quick across the ground, brilliant pair of hands. Um, and his bowling was underrated at international level, I think. Mm. Never mind at the club level, he was brilliant for us for a year or two. Um, Absolutely. Got a lot of wickets, yeah. Um, I always remember him um, at tea time bringing his own jerk chicken and just tucking into that and um, <laughs> the teas. And he'd you know, just be sitting on his own with tucking into the jerk chicken, but um. Yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely chat. Um, still friends with him on Facebook now. So I still find it surreal now on your birthday. You get a message from the former West Indies captain saying happy birthday. Hey, we, <laughs> I'd like to think that every one of us has got someone in our phone book that makes you go, that, that's a good one. And Jimmy yeah. Adams in the cricket world is a pretty good one to have, isn't it? Yeah, I have this conversation with people that cricket's a great game for that, isn't it? It takes you places and uh, makes you experiences that you never anticipated that you probably would that you probably would have um, at whatever level you play. It's took me to Australia and all over the place, and um, it, it's yeah, some memories that you can't you, you never have made unless, except for the sport. Yeah, and it's I, I made a point to uh, one of your fellow players a few months ago now when uh, George came and played in the summer over at Ralston. And he played the night before, Derbyshire versus Nottinghamshire. Never got home till midnight or whatever it was. And then the next day he's rocking up at Ralston, I think it was, wasn't it, to, to play for you guys. Yeah. yeah, It's it's just an unreal sport where that can happen, isn't it? So someone at the very yeah. top level can go down to club level the next day. Yeah, well, we, we had a fantastic experience this year because George kindly come and presented the Junior Awards uh, last weekend, actually. Um, and the lads uh, in the junior section now look up to him you know they think he's yeah. the best thing since last bread we, we took them all to a t20 game at Derbyshire in the season against Lancashire um and it was the game where he'd gone for, he'd gone for plenty in the first three overs and I think the captain was looking around thinking who's going to bowl this last over <laughs> George threw the ball and we were all up in the stands with a sort of covering our eyes thinking oh this could go one way or the other and actually he bowled an absolutely fantastic over and won in the game and all you know the youngsters up in all the dumps, about 30, 40 dumps and under 11s and under 13s up in the crowd chanted screaming me from behind the bowler's arm. And um, yeah, so he was a new hero. Yeah, You, got, you guys were the lucky ones. I was watching that last day with his dad yeah. <laughs> at Dunstall. Oh dear. It's fabulous for those kids from Dunstall, Jamie. Absolutely, yeah. And on top of all of that, George is the loveliest lad you could meet, the most mild-mannered, you know, and you, every success he gets, he deserves. And it's just lovely to watch him. Definitely. Watch him doing well after you know being dogged by injuries throughout yes, his definitely. teens, as yes, you would definitely. be if you you know six foot eight and you grow that quickly. Um, your body's got to catch up at some point. Yeah, just um, so yeah, really nice guy. And, and I said the kids all look up to him, and it, it's still it's it's still amazing for us. Really, I remember when he, he played for the Welsh Fire one night, and I was sat at home on a 
on a yeah. Monday night watching him play for the Welsh Fire. He turned up at Dunstall next night for senior training and he was there bowl, having a bowl in the nets and you think, crock, it's, it's remarkable. Really. Stumps, bumps can be a bumps. So t- tell us, Martin, let, let's talk a bit more about your careers and tell us about your favourite bowling spell of all time, mate. Not necessarily your best, but you must have some spells after all these overs and all these years where you've gone, do you know what? I'm walking away from this one, and that was the one. That, that, that's my favourite. Yeah, I think the strange thing about the, the, being a bowler is that you can act, you can actually bowl a fantastic spell, and often you come off and you think, I've not got the reward for it. The week after, you can bowl half as well and walk away with five wickets or so. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember there's certain balls I remember rather than certain spells. To that's I, mean, I remember um, when I was playing for, for Mitchells and Butlers, we played, uh, we played against, I think it was Leamington, uh, they've got a guy called Gordon Lord playing for them. He was on the Warwick staff at the time. You know, very, very good batsman. And I just bowled the perfect arm ball to him as a left-hander, just went straight through the gate. And, and that's a ball that, that you know, I've, I've never forgotten. Similarly, I remember, you know, more locally, bowling just a, the magic ball to, to John Truman as well. Uh, you're always, always a difficult guy to get out. And, and if, you, if you got Truman out, then, then generally you, you had to get him out. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was a tough customer. And just to pitch that ball just outside off stump and just get a bit of drift and watch it turn back in and go through that on the pad. Yeah, balls like that tend to be the ones that stick with me. Um, yeah, career best bowling. I think I, I got seven wickets against Stavely once, which I think is is, is uh, seven for 15, 16 yeah. or something like that. It's my career best. Um, but yeah, that those days I, I, I probably bowled okay that day. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was just one of those days where everything clicked and everything went to hand. Doesn't happen very often. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I think does, that's a real, it's a really good, honest appraisal that, that it doesn't have to be the nine for the eight for. There's things that stand out in everyone's career that way, isn't there? I, I think so, yeah. And I think when you when you when you obviously played a lot of cricket like we have as well, you know, and I try to look back and, and think around certain things for for, for this and and yeah, it's, it's those magic balls. They're the ones that, that sort of stand out. They're the ones that I remember from 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all we all bowl good spells. I mean, it's uh, that happens. But, but yeah, the, the the wickets where you go, yeah, I really earned that one. I think they're the ones that sort of you remember yeah. as you get towards the, uh, the not quite the tail end, but towards <laughs> the end of your career. Yeah, definitely. I think you you know every bowler out there can name a, a spell where they bowl eight overs. I'm going to say one for 35, and they'll say, do you know what? That was the best spell I've bowled all season. But I was so unlucky for whatever reason. Um, big, it, it just it, when it comes out right, it comes out right, doesn't it? It's as simple as that. It does. And, and to be honest, I, I've never been one for for actually going back and, and analysing my game and looking at things. To be honest, it's uh, yeah, you, you you get on and, and you bowl your overs. Um, if the team wins, you, you all enjoy it. You, you can go and take five wickets, but if the team loses. You know, you don't get the same enjoyment factor out of it, despite Absolutely. the fact you might have done personally pretty well. What about you, Jamie? What about the innings that have sort of stood out for you in your career as maybe uh, not the best innings or the top innings, <clears> but the ones that are most memorable? Uh, well, obviously, the, I was thinking, trying to think hard about this, and probably the one that meant most in terms of the run scored was, a, I think it was an 86 for Staffordshire against um, Cumberland. I was lucky to lucky enough to sort of get in the Staffordshire side for a couple of years and play some minor counties cricket, uh-huh. which was... You know, it was a fantastic experience, and Absolutely. it was the Stone Cricket Club against Cumberland, I believe. Yeah. Um, just before they had Ian Hunter at the time, who later went to the Derbyshire squad and right. um, bowling quick. And it was, and I, I, I think I was playing probably in my prime. I was sort of twenty-seven, maybe twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah. Um, and got a great eighty-six. Come back, I think I, I think I was not out overnight. Came back the next day, thought this is my first minor county's under. It's going to be the pinnacle of my career, and then I got a stinking LB off the thigh pad on eighty-six. <laughs> 
I'm not taking it over to this day, but um, yeah, so that was a good one. But I think in terms of club cricket, a couple of a couple of big hundreds, probably my two top scores, not just because they were my top scores, but because I, I don't think I've played any better than that. I don't usually get big hundreds because I'm anchoring innings and maybe if I get 100, I get 110, something like that. Yeah. But these two, we beat Clifton the year they won the um, Premier League, I think, Martin, back in about 2002, yeah. perhaps, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I was captain, and I think it was the only game we won all year. We got relegated. It was the only game they lost all year, and I think we knocked off about 270 for, for two, and I had 160 not out, and they had a bowling attack, including Chris Lewis and Simon Moore and some of these proper top club bowls. Aunt Botha was there at the time as well, I think. So that one stands out. Um, pr- probably my favourite was in a, a League Cup game against uh, Papawick and Limby, which were a Knott's Prem side. Right. <laughs> and we went around the park when we were... <laughs> When we're bowling, I think we went for about 320, which was a massive score in them days. You see a few more 300s now, but yeah. And I walked off, and one of their supporters saw me off at, at tea time, and he went, "You're going to knock these off?" And I went, "Well, you never know, do you?" And he went, "I bet you, I bet you a tenner you don't." And anyway, we went out and we knocked them off for four. I think I got 170 not out. And I saw him on the way off. I said, "You still want that bet?" Yeah. And he, that yeah, he wasn't having it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's as well as I've ever played. I, I, can't remember missed time in the ball that day. Just one of them days was when everything clicked, and I've yeah. never done it before or since. But it's it's sort of lived long in the mind. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that, Jay. That 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 knock against Papawit was was phenomenal. I, I actually walked around the ground that day with two of our under thirteens, a certain George Scrimshaw and Callum Broderick, as it happened. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that 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 was a phenomenal knock. That was it was just a flat Dunster wicket, wasn't it? But yeah, you were absolutely at the peak of your powers. You have been renowned for one or two flat ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they they can get pretty flat at Dunstone when you're a when you're a spinner bowl into a fifty yard boundary. It's not always easy either. So it, it, it's not so much a batter's paradise now, but uh, but over the years there's been some very flat tracks up there. It, it's interesting. Jamie just briefly mentioned that the you know, the scores these days seem to be getting bigger. What do you two believe the the, the key influences are in that? Because I, I use our uh, ground at Winslow as a perfect example. I don't believe anything less than 225 is enough anymore. Uh, you know, we're playing 45 overs, five and over, 225. That should be an absolute minimum before you go anywhere else. Two or three years ago, people would have laughed at that because you'd see regularly 160, 170, 180. Now you're seeing 250, 270, 280, far more regular. Is it as simple as down to things have changed in the game, do you think? Yeah, for me, I think there's, there's obviously changes in technology. Um, I think bats, the bigger bats they use these days, they're a help as well. Um, but I think, generally speaking, obviously, cricket's changed and, and, and batters in particular play the game a lot more positively. You know, Jamie mentioned it earlier when we were looking at where we wanted to go this year in terms of our Division 1 side. Yeah, we packed the bat in. Yeah. Um, very simple message from from the captain. It's, yeah, go out there, play positively, let's put runs on the board. Uh, I, th- I think... You know, back in the day, you go back 20 years, you could get to 200, 225 at Dunstall and you'd feel pretty confident you were going to defend that with our attack. Um, these days, yeah, you can put on 250, but you know this players in the side who can go out and if it's their day, yeah, they could, they could, they could take the game to you and win it. Yeah. But I think, I think it's, a, it's a bit of both, really. I think it's just cricket changing over time, but, but certainly I think the bat technology is just different now compared to what it was 20 years ago. And what does the batter, Jamie, think to that? Yeah, I think that's perhaps right. And I think that's the price we maybe pay for, you know, we moan about batters being more positive and giving it away, not valuing the wicket so much. But then there is a flip side where the game's changed a little and, you know, mm-hmm. it's finding the balance between being over-aggressive and, and giving it away and actually putting those runs on the board, I suppose. And, and the biggest scores do come because batsmen are a bit more fearless, aren't they now? Yeah. Um, you know, it's not so much about the consistency, it's about, you know, runs 
run a ball or better, isn't it? Um, a lot of the time. Definitely. Um, I think also, sadly, I think the participation has affected it. I don't think there's quite the strength in depth that there was in the top two divisions. Um, and maybe I'm looking back through rose tinted glasses there, but I, I, I always felt in my younger days you had someone in every side in the top two divisions who could knock you over, who could genuinely bowl you out. Yeah. And I think sometimes nowadays, I think perhaps the strength in depth's not there. You know, if you see off perhaps one of the most more steady bowlers, you're going to be able to make hay um, against some of the changes. I don't think there's quite the strength in depth that there was perhaps 10, 15 years ago. And whether that's down to participation in the sport generally, I don't know. But it feels like there is a bit of that sometimes. We might, we might come back to that in a minute when we talk about what you guys are going to do in the Prem next year. Yeah, yeah, sure. You want to talk about that now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your favourite times with Dunstan. You've both been at Dunstan for donkey's years now. You, know, you must have some very much favourite teammates to bat and bowl with. Uh, you know, anyone you want to sort of put out there as uh, your favourite? It might be for the daftest reason ever, not just because they're a bloody good player, obviously. Well, Gob, yeah, we, we've mentioned a few of them already, but, but yeah, I, I think we've been fortunate to play with quite a few international players. Um, the likes of Jimmy, we've already talked about, Phil Simmons. Um, yeah, nice guys as, as well as great cricketers. But if I if I if I come back to sort of the local players, um, having a Paul Shaw in your side, yeah, Steve Scrimshaw, Steve Broderick, people that I've actually yeah, grown up and played a lot of yeah. cricket with, and Jamie, of course. It, it's just great to go out and play in the top division of cricket with your mates, basically. And I think Absolutely. that's that's one of the things we've always enjoyed at Dunstall. Um, yeah, even now we look at the first team. Yes, it's 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 another generation that's coming through, but there's some familiar names in that team. Um, and 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 yeah, it is just everybody getting on well in, in the team in the club and, and I think you take much more from the game when you're playing with your mates as opposed to you know, going off and playing with with nine or ten other individuals I mean I, yeah. I, I did that for a few years as I say I was fortunate enough to win the Birmingham League played with a great set of guys there you know, most of the Staffordshire team were playing there at the time but it's not the same as, as winning trophies with your mates and, and you take a lot more from that even this year you know we walked off the pitch three weeks ago um, runners up in, in Division One um, but it, it was with guys that, that I love playing cricket with. Most definitely. What about yourself, Jamie? Anyone in particular? Yeah, very similar to Martin. Lucky to have played with those international players. But, you know, they're, they're, we've played with a lot of characters. I, I should give Steve Scrimshaw a mention because, you know, he's much maligned, but he's a, he's a lovely guy. He's, he just has a white line for you, doesn't he? Once he crosses the, crosses the line, he can... There's uh, a few of them out there. <laughs> get a bit fiery but he's a lovely guy Steve and a, and a consistently excellent player at the levels over the years and still doing it now um, um, and as Martin says you know the Bro Callum Brodericks and the George Scrimshaws coming through to it sort of keeps me going I'm a bit older I must admit you know a few years ago I was sort of on the line is it time to sort of wind it down And um, but when you come, when a good set of lads comes together and you have chance of winning things and you think well these things don't come around in your career too often and when you're doing it with a good Absolutely. set of lads it's, it's very enjoyable isn't it? Yeah, it, it is yeah I mean I'm a lot older you know, I'm getting towards the end of my career and, and to go out and play, you know, half the games in the first team this year um, with the likes of Callum, with the likes of George. You know, I spent the majority of my career playing with the fathers and, and it, it's been a fantastic experience. And to be honest, I, I wasn't expecting it at this age, um, but to be able to go away and do it this year and also to be part of that sort of promotion winning team. Um, yeah, that, that, that's something I remember because, like I say, it, it wasn't expected, but it was really enjoyable to go and do it. And I've, I've always maintained that as long as I can be hidden somewhere in a field and I can just about hold my aim, I'll, I'll, I'll bowl my overs. But, uh, but yeah, it was a bit special this year to be given that Most opportunity. Most definitely. And you almost went all the way as well. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I, I, we would take that though. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it was, it, it was, there was probably four standout sides in that division. And yeah, we uh, got a bit of help 
from Cutthorpe towards the end. Yeah. But we got ourselves onto a good run as well. And yeah, once, once you start winning and you, and you can see the end of the line, yeah, we just built the momentum up and, and yeah, it was great week in, week out. Lads training, the atmosphere going to matches. I think we knew that, that we got a team that was capable of getting promotion. Um, but obviously, you've got to stay calm and do your business on the, on the pitch as well. And, and we did that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. What about the opposite then, Jed? You know, you've both been around the, the leagues for quite a long time now. <clears throat> Who's your favourite opponents, or should I say least favourite opponents to play against? Who, who's caused you trouble, or do you just turn up on a Saturday somewhere and go, you know, I really don't want to have to play against them today because you just know what's coming on? Well, I think, I think for me, back in the day, the, it was the, it wasn't the out-and-out quick bowlers, it was the more consistent, you know, people like John Jordison at San Diego, who was, you know, a nightmare to face, just... You'd shake yourself, he's got to bowl me in half volley in a minute. And he just never seemed to bowl you about ball. And he was so so aggressive as well, always at you. Yeah. Lovely guy off the field, always shaking my hand, apart from the time that I asked him for him, slipped and he shoulder barged me on the way middle of the wicket, but we did apologise afterwards. Um but him and, and Naim Akhtar, who played there as well, who's one of the yeah. best overseas I've seen in the Premier League actually. And we were lucky to get him at Dunstall towards the end of his career uh, when he lost a little bit of pace, but in those early days at San Diego when he still had a surprise bouncer as well. Um, he's, he's the one bowler I used to run. I used to try and make something happen, try and run out my crease at him just before he let it go, try and make it into something. And he still used to bowl the exact same back of a ball length. You just couldn't hit him anywhere. Yeah. It's just a, just a nightmare. So, he, yeah, those two in the same side with the batters, John Truman and some of those other guys that they had around, and they were, that was a good side. What about yourself, um, Martin? What sort of batsman would you turn up to, to face and go, oh, here we go again? I think, I mean, again, it, it, very different batsman, but but one that I always enjoyed bowling to, to be honest, but because it was a test, was Paul Borrington. I mean, he, the, the guy just churns out runs for fun. <laughs> uh, and, and, and if you got on a particular flat one at, at Tignall, yeah, that was that was real hard work. Absolutely, yeah. You almost knew that he was just going to just bat and, and you could try everything that you got. And, and yeah, he'd see it off and, and probably get 100. So, I, yeah, again, difficult customer i think the one the one batsman that does stand out it's probably the only one in my career where i've literally held the white flag up and said i yeah this guy's too good was when uh played against david houghton when he was playing for west bromwich dartmouth just after he'd been i think he probably might have even been still on the zimbabwe side or just finished they, 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 at the time i think both flowers and and uh, david houghton were in, in the birmingham league but david houghton was just a guy you, you, you could move a player 15 yards round and he just hit the ball 15 yards the other way he was just so good you couldn't bowl to him well, I couldn't bolt him anyway. Um, but yeah, a phenomenal player. Just, yeah, I would have played a lot more, obviously, had Zimbabwe been in the game a lot earlier. But 
most definitely. Yeah, very, very difficult customer. Yeah, I think some of the good some of the good left armors have, have troubled me over the years as well, because you don't see it a great deal, do you? You don't come up against someone who can do a bit of both ways with it from over the wickets. Just I'm thinking people like Kev Dean, who was all used to I used to feel like he was gonna get me LBW every ball. Oh, I remember him bowling at me at Dunstall and um, almost laughing at me because I'm expecting the big end up every time and then he just does the one down the slope and I nick off to the keeper and you just think oh too good for me. He used to have um, a bit of help from umpires though, didn't he? I mean we always used to <laughs> joke, we always used to joke about Kev when he turned up to Dunstall, particularly with certain umpires being there. It'd be, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's that, Terry. Yeah, that's that, Kev. Yeah, to all the umpires <laughs> listening, uh, that wasn't Martin Cluley or Jamie Benchford laughing at this point. Uh, He's all right. He didn't have to get his pads on. <laughs> it might, it's a bad day when Martin has to get the pads on. That's what we're saying. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny you talk about Paul Borrington because you described him almost to a T, the way how a diver described him to me on an interview last year. He said he'll get. 30 runs, 40 runs after 30 overs. He'd be boring, you're senseless, just batting you all the way. And then he just pushes on. There's another 70, 80, 90 by the time he's finished. And it's just, and it, yeah. he's a nightmare to bowl at, isn't he? He's just a guy that's very difficult to get out. I mean, if you look at his stats, you know, year in, year out, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's not there's not many people in, in at that level who can churn out runs the way he does it over, over such a long period. You know, phenomenal player and, and just a real tough customer. And you'll have the pleasure of playing against him again next year. Yeah, I might be watching, but but yeah, the first team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. Super over. Martin, for, for our super over, we ask guests uh, some very simple questions. I uh, just want some very quick answers from you, please, sir. So, Martin, what's your favourite ground? Well, it's got to be the Deer Park at Dunstall, uh, yeah. which is a little bit biased, I know. But I think, again, when you've played there for so many years, it is a beautiful place to play cricket. As, aside from that, though, I mean, one I have to pick out, I was I was lucky enough to play there for, for quite a while, but playing at New Road at Worcester, it, it's a great place to play cricket. That is Fabulous. great exactly. setting. Favourite batter? Well, again, uh, difficult, but again, locally, I think of, of all the ones I've played with, apart from Jay, obviously, but but Paul Shaw stands out. I played I played with Paul a lot of Dunstall, minor counties, tremendous guy to have in, in the side. Basically, love love seeing him opening the batting. Good call. Favorite bowler. To be honest, the, the one guy that I've always enjoyed bowling with the most, uh, and I can't mention the scrimmy, but Steve Broderick. Left arm spin, right yeah. arm spin. Again, we, we bowled in tandem for a number of years. Just yeah. love playing cricket with Brod and bowling with him. What about your favourite tipple? Guinness, without a doubt. And your favourite cricket tea item of choice? Well, I, I go there with, with anything that Lullington used to put out because I think they, they did fantastic Absolutely. teas. You'd have hot, cold chips. You'd have a lot. Lullington uh-huh. teas, fantastic. And what about your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? Yeah, I go otherwise on this one, to be honest. I, I've always followed Formula One. And, and yeah, Jameson going back to the sort of seventies, you know that era of Formula One. I can just about remember it. I, I did see him win a British Grand Prix when I was about nine. Um, but yeah, I go with Jameson. Cheers, Martin. Super over. So Jamie, we're just going to ask you the six questions that we ask everyone. So your favourite ground? Well, pretty unimaginative on this one. I have to say the Deer Park, Dunstall, fantastic place to play cricket. Probably I mentioned to Queen's Park, Chesterfield as well, which is a lovely ground. That's nice it place. is, it's fabulous. What about your favourite batter? I've, I've opened with a lot of batters over the years, and um, but the one who always took the pressure off me, because I just used to stand at the end watching him whack it while I did my own thing, was Paul Shaw. Lovely guy, great to have in the team, could, could win you any game of cricket on any given day. Great stuff. What about your favourite bowler? Um, I think the two that stick in my mind are from San Diego, actually, Naeem Akhtar and John Jordison. Favourite tipple, mate? After a cricket game, anything cold, something like a San Miguel normally, something like that. 
and your favourite cricket tea item of choice? Well, I think I'd probably go for a, a homemade flapjack. I think I'm going for here because it feels like it's it feels like it's semi healthy because the energy value of the oats, but it's not really if it's got enough syrup on it. And what about your final one, your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? Yeah, difficult. I, I wouldn't say I had a cricket hero particularly, although I admire a lot of players, modern day perhaps Joe Root, but. I think as a Derby County long-suffering football fan, um, the best player I've seen in my lifetime was Igor Stimak. And okay. I remember being a teenager when Derby signed him and thinking he was like, unlike anything I'd ever seen play for Derby. And starting to watch Derby as a teenager when I earned a bit of my own money, could go and watch him in, in good times when they got promoted and they weren't as bad as they are now. That's brilliant, Jamie. Thanks a lot. Super over. Stumps, bumps can be a bumps. Tell us then, you guys, just for those who don't know, uh, you guys came second, as you said, in Div 1 and got promoted. Uh, and that means you're back in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I think, as Martin said, at the start of the season, we always thought we had the batting firepower to be one of the better teams in the division. Mm-hmm. What we weren't quite so sure about was the um, where the wickets would come from. Uh, um, and to be fair to a couple of lads who really stepped up, George Martin, who's generally played a lot in our second team, stepped up and got 30 wickets. Um, Callum Broderick, who um, just seems to be able to turn his hand to anything, got 30 wickets. And uh, there was some old boy in the middle bowling a bit of rubbish spin who managed to get <laughs> nearly 40 wickets. Um, and so did Tom Hill. Tom Hill nearly 40 wickets as well, won his first full season of being entrusted with the ball, really. And, and I think we just had some experienced players come together who, and we had a plan. You know, the plan was to sort of set a platform with the bat. We knew our middle order was going to get us 250 every week if we did that. Um, and then we played smart cricket with the spinners and just squeezed in the middle and we just had a bit of a plan. We know that's going to be more difficult in the Premier League and we might have to look to, to see strengthen, you know, in the right areas, but we won't do that to the detriment of what we've sort of built. And we think we think already we're probably, we're looking at, you're not looking at the top four, we're not sort of ending under any illusions that we'll compete there, but you look at the bottom three or four and I think there's no reason why we can't win enough games, I don't think, against those guys to sort of, if we play well, to, to be safe. Uh, and we'll have to play well, of course, but we think we can do that. Hopefully. Yeah, and it, uh, it, what I can't remember, which one of you now made a really interesting point about the, uh, I describe it as the back in the day quality in those top divisions. Uh, you know, do you see a difference, uh, you know, quite a considerable difference there now compared to, I don't know, 10 years ago at Prem level compared to where it is now? I think so. I, th- I think the good players are still there, but I, I don't, from what I've seen um, the last time we were in the Premier League, I don't think the, the depth is there. I think there's almost t- sort of two or three leagues in that in that mini leagues in that league. Um, you know, you've got your solid middle middle of the road people like your Denbys and whatever, and then you've got your your Swarkstons and your Otbrook and San Diego at the top, and then there's probably four or five teams who all at the bottom of all think they could finish above each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we're going to look first and foremost to be one of those and. If we can kick on, then great. But I think next year, that'll probably be the realistic target. Any uh, big overseas pros coming back in for you? No, definitely not. I think, again, we, we, we touched on it, but I think, you know, the group of lads that we've got are basically a group of mates. And, and, yeah. and uh, I, I think we've done that. I think uh, what we don't want to do, yeah, OK, if we get the opportunity to, to strengthen, um, but yeah, we'll do it very quick, carefully. I mean, we brought in Alex Willis-Croft uh, this year. Yeah, he, he, great, great signing, moving back to the area. I, I don't think I don't think we want to go and sign too many players with the right players there. Um, OK, yeah, if, if, if it's something that, that Callum's looking for, something that we're looking for. Um, OK, we need, we need a bigger squad. We'd like to add two or 
all three players to the squad um, without necessarily saying, yeah, they're going to be playing first team cricket every week. I think uh, we need that sort of 14 man squad uh, going into next season, really. Is that because you don't want to be playing up there, is it, Martin, for what you said? Yeah, well, no, I, I, I'm quite happily, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to sort of uh, maybe play the occasional game, but, but yeah, I should really be playing second team, third team, I guess, at this age. But uh, but yeah, it, it is really about strength. We need we need a bit more strength in depth. You know, like I say, I was fortunate to fill in for, for half the season this year because um, we didn't we did anticipate we'd have George a lot more. We weren't <laughs> expecting an England call up and a Welsh fire call up, to be honest. It, it did all um, right. The, the boy did. He well. did. He did. He did well, uh, and it also got me a few more games as well. So go on, it was a win-win for both of us. Um, but I think if we can if we can find another two or three people, um, as I say, it, it, it's got to be the right people. It's got to be some people that complement what we've already got. That there aren't going to be any any big names. Yeah. Um, you know, we want we want to give the lads that have got us up the opportunity in the Prem, really. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. The, the, the guys have done the job as a group. Why not give them a go in the first place anyway? And if you can add to it with somebody else who joins that group in just the same way. I know talking to the likes of all of us, they had Nick Quant come in and do a, a phenomenal job for them. Mm. But the rest of the group, they've all known each other and played together for, for years, haven't they? I think that works really well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess we've, we've been obviously very lucky Callum took a bit of time out from the game and, and he's come back to the game you know he, he's a fantastic player Jamie said he, he can turn his hands to most things but you know in Callum uh, in the top order we've, we've got a, a phenomenal batter one of the one of, he'll be one of the better bats in the Premier League I'm sure as well as proving himself to be a good captain and, and bowl a bit as well so we've got that luxury of having him in there and, and I think that gives the rest of that middle order some confidence as well yeah, yeah. you know they're going in behind Callum uh, he will score quite a lot of runs for us next season yeah we've, we've still got the old guy at the top of the order as well so Jamie I'm sure will be uh, be there churning out the runs as well so I I think it's one of those really we want a couple more players but yeah we've got some very good players in that 11 as well if you've ever, if you've ever seen Callum uh, Field in as well I bet it would be a good question on here best fielders in local cricket because I've not seen many better than him he's incredible <laughs> he's got yeah. one of the best pair of hands and quick across the ground that I've ever seen in amateur cricket yeah, um, totally great he's a standout but yeah. that's also not a good thing that we can point out how good he is because the standard of fielding can leave a bit to behold sometimes I think the old exponential curve comes into it when it comes down the divisions I'm sure Martin playing in the twos has seen that haven't you I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to be honest, yes, you, you see it as well. I mean, Callum sets high standards for everybody in the ones as well. So uh, that's what makes the yeah, difference. I, I, I might get a little bit of dispensation for my age, but but everybody else, you know, he's expecting them to be throwing themselves around and, and doing what he does in the field. But super talented cricketer, great fielder. But again, he, he has a positive effect on everybody. So the other guys do lift the game. Um, yeah. You know, they want to be better. But yeah, he, I think again, he, he's, a, he's a standout player all round, really. Great asset. Perhaps we're saying that he is in Australia at the moment. He's, he's playing a winter in Adelaide. So um, we're hoping that will um, keep his hand in. Almost um, definitely. Yeah, and also, if he can come back with a six foot five Australian in at 80 miles an hour plus, we'll, uh, we'll all be happy. Done. With a British passport. British yeah. passport, and he's not going to charge for the season. That'll do that. Yeah, that, that we we take that as a as an addition to the squad. I think, yeah. Yeah, is that you with your? Is it your vice chairperson's hat on? Is it there, Martin? Well? Yeah, we'll partly, that. yeah, partly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever changes in league cricket, does it, Tommy? <laughs> hey, we're coming towards the end of uh, some of the questions that we've got here. But you must have seen over the years some moments where you've just gone, oh, for God's sake, that's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time, both on and off the pitch. Now. We, we tend to try to keep the off-the-pitch ones off this podcast because most of them are probably not repeatable. 
but some of the funniest moments on the pitch have all been around surprise, surprise fielding. You know, is there anything that sort of comes to mind with you guys? There's a, there's a couple. I mean, we, we were talking about this actually at the Dunstall uh, Awards evening, but uh, I, I remember a couple. I remember a guy, we were playing a midweek game at Pirelli, a guy called Rod Easter played for us uh, back in the day. And uh, I, I think I was bowling the ball um, and the ball was hit out towards square leg. We shouted Rod's name and Rod just took off in the other direction. <laughs> and he's, he's like sprinting as fast as he can in the opposite direction from the ball. <laughs> and we just all fell about laughing. I think uh, it's just one of those moments, again, you just remember. Um, and then another one, it, it involves Steve Scrimshaw. I got, uh, we're playing a, a Dutch touring side. I've got a mate of mine from Warsaw, Steve Atherton was playing, so left arm spinner. And uh, he, he was bowling from the pavilion end at Dunstall. He was just, just running up to bowl and he stopped. And we, you're right, others. Uh, looking over to the far side of the ground, we can see that Steve, Steve Scrimshaw is having a wrestling match with Norm on the boundary, <laughs> uh, which, 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 which was just unbelievable. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think he got him in a headlock at the time, uh, Norm had. But, but yeah. But we, for no particular reason. I think they used to have a fair few uh, arguments during, during any game of cricket. Um, that, was, that was one that stood out. I'm just wondering what league disciplinary would do about that these days. Yeah, I think I think I don't know whether domestics get uh, <laughs> they, they've got jurisdiction over that really. All I'll say is no idea. <laughs> Not going to yeah. get myself in trouble for that one at all in the slightest. What about you, Jamie? Oh, all the games blur into one, don't they? I wish I could remember these things. Except but, your but, big innings, they don't blur into yeah, one. Yeah, no, they do don't. They? No, 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 they're indelibly printed. They are. <laughs> well, no, I can think of another couple, but you won't be surprised if they involve Steve Scrimshaw as well. Um, <laughs> What, I think one time, we, I saw him go absolutely wild. I think he might have got banned at the time. He bowled a ball and it came off the thigh pad and went down to fine leg or third man, one of the two. Um, and I remember our former keeper, Ed Taylor, chased it down to third man, turned around and threw it in. Uh, and unbeknownst to him, Dave Firth, who was fielding at first slip at the time, who's Mikey Graves, our current wicketkeeper's um, uncle, actually, picked up the glove and caught the ball. And it happened in a pro game recently. I think it was the, the um, one-day final, the 50-over final at Trent Bridge, and it's okay. five penalty runs. Yeah, yeah. And Mike Afton said, oh, I've never seen that. And I thought, well, I have, because I've seen Steve, Steve Scrimshaw get banned for it. So anyway, the umpire didn't give the leg by. He gave it off the bat. So not only was it five penalty runs, it was five on Steve's bowling analysis. And I've never seen anyone lose their head so much. But he, uh, <laughs> the five runs just tipped him over the edge. He was going wild. So, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, and there, there are some other stories that we could go into, but probably, um, probably yeah. not repeatable on this. I'd love to see George lose it that way as well. Well, I've seen him lose it with Dad, but I've seen his dad <clears> lose it with him when he bowled a no ball at Dunstall and Steve wheels span out of the car park shouting, You're an embarrassment, you wouldn't be playing if I was <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> so uh, Steve wheels span out of the car park and poor old George is coughing at the bowling end. It's a bit like Norman Steve back in the day. I think luckily, luckily for George, his temperament comes from his mum's side of the family. <laughs> Let's just look forward to next season. Um, you know, we've already talked about your firsts, and you know, from what you both saying, it's it's consolidation next year more than anything in terms of the, the prem. What about the twos and the threes? Where, where you, obviously you had an interesting season for the teams at Dunstall last year. What's the plans for next year? Where, what, what would you like to see you doing? I think the twos, ideally, um, yeah, we, we, we'd like to target them up, getting up a division. It is quite a young side. I mean, again, we, we, we struggle with kids going to universities these days. And, and yeah, again, yeah, they, they sort of come through, start playing, they get through the sixth form and then yeah. they're off for a few years. Yeah. So, so we would like to get them a division higher. And again, the nucleus of the side is, is there. But yeah, certainly as, as a minimum staying in that division, um, division four, 
but yeah, if, if, if everything goes right for us, yeah, maybe close, close that gap on the on the first I, team. I think really. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not too it's, it's not been too bad to be honest in terms of bringing players up this year. I mean, we've had some some youngsters being given the opportunity. You know, Ollie Wallace came in and opened the batting for four games, did extremely well. Cam James. So we've got we've got players that we are blooding. But yeah, I think I think getting them a little bit closer would help. Um, for the third team, again, I think they'll be playing more the level that they should be playing, to be honest. And as okay. Jamie said, we we have got we've got one or two youngsters that we'll be bringing into the fray next year as well, and, yeah. and we're on the lookout for one or two senior players as well. I mean, I, I went down and played a few games in the third team to help out a bit, and and there's some there's some great young lads in there. You know, they want to play cricket. We just need one or two more senior players to uh, to keep playing with them and and give them the support they need. So yeah, we're we're talking to various people at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, if we can if we can hold our own in Division Six, second team, maybe get them up into Division Three, that'll be an outstanding season. But yeah, staying in Division Four, that that'll be equally good. I think you know it's a tough, it's a tough league that league. Really, we end up playing against some first teams, yeah. um, and, and obviously when you've got a young team playing against an experienced first team, uh, it's tough going. So you know again they're learning their cricket in a tough environment. Um, so, so it's not a bad division to be part of. Yeah, I think we'd like to see you get from from a Winsel hat on. We'd like to see you get back up into Div Three because we miss our trips out to Deer Park. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I played a couple of games at Winsel over the years before you got promoted, and and again, great example whereby you know Winsel first team was it was a tough side to go and play against, and and you know it was it was tough for our lads. Yeah, going there, you, you turn up with these 16, 17-year-olds and a, and a yeah. fair few older players, uh, and you're playing against people that have played cricket for a long time, you know, no cricket inside out. So to get a win against those those teams is is, is always difficult. But uh, if you're going to set your stall out and, and you want to be sort of in, in Division 3, if you can get there. Well, I'd like to see you back up in Div 3 next year, Martin. Uh, well, the year after, obviously. Uh, but obviously, we're planning to get to Div Two anyway. So let's see where, see where we get with that. Yeah, one. well, just just missed out this year, didn't you? We did, we, I mean, and we talked earlier briefly about uh, momentum. You know, we had a run of I can't remember if it was eleven or twelve games now. Just anyone who listens to this podcast will know. I will back our team against absolutely anybody when we have our first eleven out. Uh, but as we all know in club cricket, getting your first eleven out week to week, week in week out, is I'm not going to say nigh on impossible, but it's not far off, is it, gents? No, it's, it's not, not. It? no. We've we've lost some players over the years to some strange events. I remember Matt Goldston missing a game because he was singing in an opera. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not not the normal sort of things you expect really. But yeah, it, it's it's always a tough one getting getting your first choice eleven out week in, week out. Yeah. I, I think we changed teams in the first team, you know, most weeks this year. There was always somebody missing. Uh, of course that, that has a knock on effect as well down to the other teams. I think get your first choice eleven out in, in club cricket these days. Time's moved on. I think 20 years ago, people were there for 22 games a season. You've just got to accept that, that that's not the case these days. I think, I think in terms of the, what would represent success for me would be amongst my other roles, I do, I'm do. i the junior cricket coordinator now at the club. So, you know, we've got 60 plus kids every week and it's fantastic to see. And I do the under 30s because my eldest plays at that age and my little girl plays under 11s. First uh-huh. hardball season, hopefully this year. Brilliant. So I think success for me would be some of those under 30s getting to 14 next year and being with the right senior support around them, coming through into playing the third team um, and some of the development games and friendlies that we have. And, you know, that would be really nice because really what we're all here for if it's not to give those kids a chance and to give them the opportunities that we've had over the years, I guess. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, if you're the junior coordinator there, then uh, Jamie, have you amiss of me not to plug the fact that you can come and represent uh, Dunstall on the Cricket Development Group 
Yeah, I'm sick and tired of looking at Mr. Mandelberg, so you can come along instead. <laughs> He'll be happy with that. He keeps telling me he's retired three years ago, but I keep giving offering him a new contract <laughs> and he keeps coming out of retirement. I, I, I've, I've had some fun with Andrew over the years because we, 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 no, we, we, we push the boundaries a little bit, let's just say that. No. Hey, listen, it's been great talking to you guys, but the, you know, there's one thing we always have to do at the end of every single podcast. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, we change the rules on this one for almost every single recording. And we're going to keep it quite simple for you two. So we're going to invite you two to enter a team into the Stumps, Umps and Beer Pub Six Aside competition next summer. We want you to put your perfect Dunstall Six Aside team together. Now, you've got no choice in the format. It's got to be two batters, two bowlers, one all-rounder, one wicketkeeper. You can choose absolutely anybody who you've played with at Dunstall, including yourselves if you wish to. Or if you want to manage and coach yourself, you can do it. So, do you want to kick off with a couple of batters, guys? Well, I think we should take the coaching role on Jay rather than uh, rather than pick ourselves. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think I'm getting into many uh, limited over squad tomorrow. Although there might be more gaps in the six side game. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think we we we've both mentioned him a couple of times, but I think you've got to have Paul Shaw in in yeah. uh, in, in any format really. Uh-huh. Um, for me, I think Paul would definitely be in there. Um, yeah. I, I'd 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 probably put. Phil Simmons in there as the all-rounder. <laughs> Again, he was he, he came and played for Dunstall just off the back of playing in the World Cup for West Indies. His, his body was broken. He didn't bowl that much for us, but yeah, when he did, he he, uh, he he made it count. And I, I don't think I've seen anybody hit the ball as hard as no, Phil. No. Uh, yeah, great all-rounder. Yeah. Jamie. Uh, so is that who's that? Our all-rounder and a batter. Yeah. Oof, crikey. Um, bowlers. Need another batter. Still. I was looking for one more batter. Well, sure is the obvious one, isn't he? Um, I'm thinking if Jimmy Adams is not an all-rounder, you're going to have him as, have him I as was a waiting. You could, you could have him as a batter, yeah, yeah. Well, he was going to be my all-rounder, but then Simo, of course, has to be in there as well. So, yeah, what, those two, they can be either the second batter or the all-rounder. Hang think. on, didn't George score 60-odd for you earlier this year? He's going, he's, going in a, he's going in as a bowler. Uh, no, no, ca- no, no county player. No, you suppose you've got international players. You're allowed a county player. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's our own player. So yeah, we've got to have him. I remember watching him as a 16-year-old when he got Ben Slater out Chesterfield back in the day, didn't he? And burst onto the scene, and you thought he's going to he's going to do well, but then he had a few seasons of injuries. But thankfully, it's come good for him now. Okay, so we've got Phil Simmons, Jimmy yep. Adams, Paul Shaw. Next. Wicketkeeper, we'll have Stuart Eustace, won't we, Mark? I'd, I'd I, think, I think we would have Stuart, yeah. I mean, uh, he, he, phenomenal keeper. Used to, he did used to kid the umpires occasionally and, and got a few dismissals that way, but he, yeah. d- he did play a handful of games for Warwickshire. But, yeah, glove work was it, the second best keeper I've, I've played with. I'm fortunate enough to have Keith Piper as a keeper at Mitchells and Butlers, and, and Pipes was, was top class. But, but Stuart's glove work was, was immense, and, and I'd definitely have him yeah. on that side. He also pulled one of the funniest moments I think I've seen on a cricket field by a keeper was when a guy, I think it was A.D. Vickers, A.D. Vickers from Mayhay, he's running a second run and the ball's out in the outfield somewhere. It wasn't even on the way in. And Stuart's sort of going, yeah, 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 and clapped the gloves together as if he's just received it. Oh. And this guy pulled out the full-length dive. And when he got up, he was mud from head to toe. And the ball was still like a deep cover somewhere. Classic. Do you know, that'd probably still work most Saturdays at most grounds, wouldn't it? <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's just having the, you know, what to actually do it. So, Eustace is your keeper, and then your two yeah. bowlers, then. Two bowlers. Are we going to go for two scrimshaws? No, we can't. We can't have, we can't have them both in. We can't have them both in. They, to be honest, it, yeah, it'd be chaos if they're in the same side. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got to, we've got to put Big George in. I mean, it's 
it has been fantastic, I think, to see him do what he's done this season. Yeah. Uh, we've been fortunate, as I say, to see it you know, over over you know, his entire career. Um, but to, to watch one of your own guys from your own club playing in the hundred, um, it's a bit surreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when, when he was when he was in hundred as well, we, we got news that he was in the player draft for the big bash. And again, he's just George Scrimshaw from Dunster. Ah. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, so I'd put I'd put Big George in there definitely. Leave Steve, leave Steve out. Yeah, we've, so we've got Simmons and George as the sort of bold seam. So we probably want another spinner mark. So he'd probably have a good shout. So oh, no, we need. Yeah, we need it. We we have. A, I think. I, I think if we were going to go spinners, I don't think Jamie, you you were fortunate enough to play with him. But you, you picture either the Brodricks for me, Pete Broderick. Yeah. Um, I played a bit of cricket with him, and Pete was a phenomenal bowler. Just used to bowl the ball on the spot. Yeah, left arm spinner, turning the ball away. I'd take Steve Broderick definitely. Steve Broderick, George Scrimshaw. What's Eustace? Stuart Eustace. Stuart yeah. Eustace. Bill Simmons, Simmons and Jimmy Adams. That'll be interesting ones for us to tag into this pod somewhere down the line. Um, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what they'll say when they know they made the, your six-a-side team. Uh, <laughs> they'll be they'll be quite happy about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's the director of cricket and manager of the West Indies at the moment, so this will be a, a great accolade for them. We've left Devon Malcolm out, of course. But, yeah, and we've actually yeah. Derek Rampart as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone else you've left out? Yeah, not from the international. Not that's all the internationals, I think, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. You just show it off now, you two. Behave. We, I guess we're we're lucky over the years as well. We used to have a Derbyshire draft player, didn't you, in the Premier League? So we've had at times we've had Steve Stubbins and John Sadler and some yeah. Derbyshire players as well. So yeah. If I if I was to get, if I was to try and sneak a, a modern day player into that side, I think the one along with George, you know, Callum wouldn't be far away from uh, yeah. from that side as as one of the batsmen. I think he. Yeah, he's, he's going to find it tough to knock Simo and uh, and Jimmy out the side, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, he might have half a chance with Shorey. Oh, that's that's an, <laughs> that's an interesting one, definitely for uh, back at the clubhouse next season, isn't it? It's been absolutely brilliant talking to you two guys. I know Dunstall well enough, but not like you two guys know it. Uh, it's great to hear lots of names from around uh, the club and around the leagues being mentioned, and you know, hopefully one or two of them will be listening in when we put this out in a few weeks' time. I wish you good luck for the next season uh, because obviously we've got 26 weeks to wait something like that but in the meantime I hope you winter well uh, get ready for winter next at some point I'm sure yep certainly will yeah we'll be starting again probably late January with the, with the seniors by the looks and then we usually do six or eight weekends with the juniors up to the outdoor season in fact they've already started playing at Willows and hopefully at Paulette in the indoor league so yeah it never really stops tell me about it definitely great to speak to you both guys thanks so much for your time and I'm uh We'll look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Great stuff. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Cheers. Thank you. Well, thanks, guys. What a fantastic episode that was with Jamie and uh, Martin. They're really good memories, and I think they uh, spoke well about the club and also uh, the opponents that they come up against in the, in the Derby League in the different levels. Um, you've played at Dunstall a few times, Neil. How, how do you get on there? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I, like, I quite like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, it's where my top league score is. And what was score was that? You leading me into this. What score was uh, that? Forty-two. May we ask how you got out and in what circumstances? You can ask me. Yes, I, not that. Uh oh. I, <laughs> I do think about it very often. Yes, I know because we'll remind you about yeah. it quite a bit, and I think uh, you remind us. <laughs> <laughs> James ran me out on forty-two. Forty-two. You say I, I remember. I was there that day, and I remember you smacking it into that top fielder. Yeah, well, a couple of times. Good but, memory of it. Yeah. 
couple of more hits and I think you'd have been there. Oh, well, just one or two. Well, we've well not one, one. one would give you 48 <laughs> if you'd done the math. It doesn't say on play cricket how many balls windows. Was it, was it a quick innings? It weren't many, I don't think, was it? But just put in perspective what the team was. Anthony Adams, one. Yeah. Shafiq, ten. Rich Marsa, run out. Well, was it Jonesy or... <coughs> I don't think he would have run two of us out, although you never know. No, three. Yeah. Scott Martin, six. Okay. Andy Turner, blast from the past, oh, 11. Yeah. Michael Stones, 11. Wow. John Kettle, Who? amazingly got a duck. Can't believe that, John. No, I can't believe that. Some either. things haven't changed, have they? No. Super John Chambers, 27. Oh. Me, 42. Top scorer. Yeah, chiselled out by Jonesy. <laughs> Phil Jones, three. <laughs> And dunk zero not out. Ah well, Again. good old dunk. Yeah, yeah. chasing two six seven in div five that was, uh, and we was one two nine all out. And the yeah. Dunstall team, just for reference, was Daniel Tomlinson sixty seven, Tom Mandelberg hundred and seventy nine. Oh, I remember he's done that. all right. Yeah, well, Andy, there's a story behind that as well, which we'll come to in a second. <laughs> Andy Malkin fourteen, Thomas Hill duck not out. Was it zero not out? Not duck is it? <laughs> uh, Eddie Kelly. <laughs> Martin Hall, Josh Taylor, James Franklin, Thomas Clark, Ben Beck, and Chris Ty. So that was Winslow first team. That was Winslow first team. Unbelievable. Yeah. That was in Div Five, two thousand nine. Yeah. Well, I think some of our second and potential third teams need to look at that first team. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, the funny thing about it is my top score, and I speak to Paul quite regularly. Second team captain. Yeah. I ask him where I'd bat in his team, yeah. and he'd say ten or eleven. Well, that's, a, that's a joke, isn't it? I saw <laughs> well, forty-two in. Div five. Yeah, how many wickets did you take? Well, no, well this is the other issue I've got. You must have been captain. <laughs> <laughs> Only bowled me four overs. Wow. Well, I weren't injured, obviously. Yeah, you weren't bowling very well then. That's all well, I can say. Fourth change. But what I fourth remember, change. Well, what I remember about that match is Michael Stones, young Michael Stones, was playing, and Mandelberg was basically plonking it around <laughs> for the first few overs. Literally, hardly getting it off the square, and and Michael Stones, bless him, went up to Mandelberg and said. You'll be getting it off the square in a minute, 170 odd <laughs> runs later. And <laughs> declared. Yeah, it's crazy. We all said, for God's sake, Michael, why did you open your mouth? 24s and 6-6s. Six <clears throat> but we had another game at Dunstall, I think a few years after that, didn't we, Neil, where Dunstall, they were captained by Devon Malcolm at the time, and they needed to win, batting first, to win the league, I think it was. And I won the toss <laughs> and batted. And Devon weren't best pleased. And then I thought, well, hold on, I've got a bat against Devon here. <laughs> so I sent Kathleen first. <laughs> and guess what? He got up. <laughs> I went in number four, I think, three or four. And to be fair, me and Shaft put a few runs on. But I, re- I thought you might have. Well, yeah, I do remember that. But the, what I remember most about it is that I got it on the inside of the thigh by Devon Malcolm and I got a bruise from... I bruise like a pea, yeah. generally. And if you too. close your eyes, you can still feel it. What, it, it, it uh... Did he punch you like for losing the toss? <laughs> <laughs> or the ball? <laughs> he took me around the back. <laughs> Not another back end of oh, over no, there. No, we can't even talk that. Oh, no, no. But yeah, I remember Dunstall very, very well. It's a beautiful ground to play at, like the two lads were saying. And uh, it's a shame we haven't played them for a few years and it'd be nice to get back out there. Yeah, it's, it's one of the grounds that when we do our super overs, constantly comes up, yeah, as great, well as Elberston. They're place. the two grounds that come up. Uh, people love going over to Dunstall, to, to Deer Park. It's a great name yeah. to start with. Did you play against Cluley and Jamie, Neil? I have, yeah. Because I, I did look at this, that second game I mentioned. Cluley, actually, um, Martin Cluley kept wicket. 
he got something in that match. So I don't think he mentioned that too much on the. We well, uh, can't trust these. I was keeping on that game on there. <laughs> it's just someone sticks a glove somewhere. I didn't keep. Definitely didn't keep. Yeah, but no, um, it's a great place to play, and I, I hope that we can take a Winslow team there again, a bit stronger this time. What against the first team? Not the first team, Neil. <laughs> for God's sake, they're in the aren't they in the prem? Yeah, well, <laughs> could get a friendly. Yeah, no. Yeah, they've done well to get back in the prem. I'm pleased for them. Absolutely, good bunch of lads. Uh, in future editions, I've been thinking about this. Why don't we uh, come up with the the, mo- the best excuses to miss a cricket match? Because a couple of the Dunstall lads mentioned this. Somebody went opera singing. Oh, yeah, they are opera singing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I, I did make me smile that did, and I was thinking, what's the most unusual? thing I've heard to miss a cricket match and somebody told me uh, that their son had missed a game to go to a gender reveal party now I, if I was captain I would not be happy with that situation at all and why did he look down his trousers (laughs) 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 we'll probably leave that one there so if you have got any excuses out there that you've heard over the years for some great uh, mission of games just drop us a line on stumpsumps and beer pumps at gmail.com or send us a message on twitter facebook instagram we're on all of those things anything you got let's put them on there and we might even get you onto the pod itself to explain it because mm. i'm sure there's some funny other stories that'll go around that at the same time i'm sure there is so that's all we've got time for this episode until next time ciao brethren stumps and beer pumps so that's all we've got time for for this edition of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around club cricket life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stump, 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 stump,